Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is David Richmond, who is an author, public speaker, and endurance athlete whose mission is to form more meaningful human connections through storytelling. In today's episode, we talk about his latest bestseller, Cycle of Lives, 15 People's Stories, 5,000 Miles, and a Journey Through the Emotional Chaos of Cancer. Whether you or someone you care about is going through cancer or some other major trauma, this thought-provoking collection of astonishing stories will also help you. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you, James. I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate the time. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. When I received your information, of course, my heart went out to you because I read your backstory about your sister, June, and we'll talk about her in a second, who had brain cancer. How is it for you to write something like this and to experience something that is so transformative, but has so many emotions that are attached to it? Uh, it was one heck of a process and um, very emotional one as well, because I feel like once you start facing that fact that, I mean, you talk about it a lot, that we are all connected by emotion. I think we're connected by story mm -hmm. as well, but really those are the only mm -hmm. two things, story and emotion. And once yeah. you start opening up to the reality of that and really go deep into an exploration process with people about their emotions, um, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a wild ride. So it was uh, very, very rewarding, uh, very tough, uh, uh, but very rewarding and inspiring to to uh, to go on these journeys with people. I bet. And I can't wait to learn more about it in just a second. But I wanted to ask you, can you tell us about June, your sister? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So uh, my sister June and I were pretty close. Um, we grew up in a wacky environment. My parents had almost 40 years of age difference between them. Uh, so oh, wow. June and I relied on each other. Yeah, that's crazy. June and I relied on each other 
uh, we had, you know, a mom that was too young, didn't really want kids, dad that was too old, uh, really couldn't handle kids. So her and I were, were pretty close. Um, mm -hmm. she grew up, she had a, a wonderful life. She had a, a husband, two young kids, a great job, great friends and family, and was just uh, living her best life. And then, you know, all of a sudden she gets a call saying, yeah, those headaches aren't headaches. They're a, they're a mm -hmm. tumor and it needs to come out right away. So, uh, that's what happened to her. Uh, and she, she battled for about three, four years, but, um, eventually, you know, the, the cancer was just too much and it, and it took her. Mm, I'm so, so sorry to hear that. She sounds like an amazing woman now. Mm. You know, she was. And, and one of the things that I admired about her was uh, she settled into being happy long before I did. We both uh, had uh, kind of, you know, rough childhood in, in, in that regard. Uh, and, you know, there were other things. But, but uh, you know, what I, one of the things I admired about her was her ability to just puts chat to the side and just live an intentional mm -hmm. life on fulfillment and happiness and giving to others. And I, she was, I, I really admired that about her. So when we talked about her regrets, the regrets weren't uh, uh, self you know, like focused on her, her regrets about not living long was like, I'm not going to see my friends grow old. I'm not going to see mm -hmm. my kids get married. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy my 50th wedding anniversary with my husband. I mean, these things were, the things that were bumming her out. And it really touched me because she is a really sweet person. Wow. And that's, that's just a beautiful thing. And of course, I'm sure so many people miss her as well. With, with this yeah. book that you wrote, how did you, how did you go about this? Because I know you're an endurance athlete and we'll talk about that in a second because that's part of, of this book. How did you, because you interviewed 15 people. How did you even find these 15 people who had cancer or were related with in the cancer world? Yeah. So, um, what, what I wanted to do, James, was I wanted to try to, uh, help people understand what people are going through or what they have gone through and how traumas affect yeah. their ability to navigate or not navigate the emotions of that, of the cancer experience. And, and I mean, from doctors, patients, nurses, loved ones, um, people going through cancer, people that were decades beyond the cancer, uh, oncologists that dealt with cancer every day spectrum. for 40 years, course, yeah. the full spectrum. And so um, I thought by doing that, that I would be able to get a wide enough range of emotion and touch on enough, <clears throat> excuse me, different points that we would be able to relate with them so that we could understand what they might have gone through, what their limiters were, why they self-isolated, why they were abandoned, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we could apply that to our lives so that when we have people going through trauma or when we're going through something difficult, we might better be able to have more, you know, deep, intentional, heart-centered connections with the people around us. Well, you just don't know 15 crazy people like that. So James, I called, <laughs> yeah, <of> course, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I cold called hospitals. I cold called cancer centers mm. uh, on the other side of the state from where you're at. Uh, there's the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa. I called them up and I got a hold of marketing and I said, Hey, I'm writing this book. Do you know anybody that's, that's uh, got a great story? So I just, I, I asked friends and family. I, I asked workers, coworkers, you know, past acquaintances. Mm -hmm. Anytime I heard anybody that had a crazy story, I was like, Hey, would they want to talk to me? I, I only knew one person out of the 15. So uh, the rest, I, I went on a search, uh, search and destroy mission wow. because I wanted to make sure that I hit as many perspective as possible. And I, and mm -hmm. I, I felt that people that didn't know me would talk to me a little bit easier than people that knew me, their guard would be down. Uh, and sure. it ended up being the case. Wow. 
so that's great that you, all the people with whom that you, that you interviewed, it's all different aspects of it. So people who actually experience it, it sounds like family members, it sounds like, um, you know, healthcare, healthcare professionals, et cetera, people who are all within the, the net of the, of the, of cancer. Yeah. And, and that was important to me because I feel like when we come across people, either coworkers, friends, family, uh, employees, yeah. employers, loved ones, ourselves, um, there's a lot we can pull from by understanding the different dynamics and emotions and limiters and things that are holding people back and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, you know, how you might treat somebody that is very close to you versus how you might treat somebody who maybe reports to you as an employee, a very, very different. Right. And so I wanted to bring as yeah. many kind of different angles to this picture as possible. And I think we did that through the stories. That's amazing. Can you walk us through one? I mean, they're all very powerful. All 15 stories are very powerful. Was there one that stood out more to you? And I mean, once again, it doesn't mean one's better or worse, but one that really resonated with you? Yeah. Um, the one that resonates with me probably the most is the story of Joshua. And the reason why is because when we started talking, James, we both agreed that sometimes, you know, you don't always know what people are going through or what they have gone through. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we say that, but, but to really, really understand it at a deep, deep level, um, really gives some extra compassion. So Joshua was this young Latino male, a uh, tough guy, right. Uh, uh, had a, had some pains, didn't really know what they were. He, no way would he ever go to the doctor. So he mm-hmm. finally does have to go to the doctor and they tell him that he's got a grapefruit sized sarcoma in his stomach and it needs to be removed immediately. He's probably not going to live. And if he does survive the surgery, um, he's going to go through a grueling uh, a regimen of, of treatments and probably won't survive that. And So you can imagine how tough it is just in general for a young, strong Latino male Mm -hmm. who's very macho, very takes care of himself, how he doesn't want to ask for help. He doesn't uh, really open up to people about his experience. His employer doesn't know. His friends don't really know. The one person that he talks to is his girlfriend, right? Uh, But his girlfriend, right before surgery, James, she says, this is not my life. I'm I'm not about this. You're on your own. I'm out. So he goes wheeling into surgery, having been dumped like minutes before. And when I was talking to him about what it feels like to be abandoned, I felt like that gave me some insight as to why he was afraid to ask for help, right? But there's way more to the story. And the more to the story, because since we don't have a lot of time, is that that Joshua had dealt with abandonment his whole life. He had uh, walked in when he was six years old on his mom killing herself really horrible, horrible situation. And so could you imagine when he finally did open up to somebody in a time of need Mm -hmm. and he could rely on somebody that he thought for the first time really in his life, right? That wouldn't abandon him. And what's the first thing she did was abandon him. And so when, when, when somebody doesn't ask for help, it, it's not really maybe an easy equation to answer as to why they're not asking Mm -hmm. for help, or if they're not Mm -hmm. accepting your offer of help, it might be a really uh, deep answer as to why they're not yes. accepting your offer of help and understanding what somebody like Joshua might have gone through, what might, what emotions might be limiting mm-hmm. him from forming these deep connections and needed and meaningful connections. Yeah, um, yes. Then I, I guess I, right. The reader might have a better idea on how to maybe when somebody says to you, 
you know, I'm fine. I don't really need help. Um, maybe there's way more to the story. And maybe by really getting a first person understanding of that through a story like Joshua's, mm -hmm. it might make you lean in a little bit more. Just ask open-ended questions. Maybe uh, get uncomfortable uh, by invading their space just a little bit more because maybe you need to prove that you won't abandon them, right? There's a whole mm -hmm. range of emotions behind it. But, but I guess that story teaches me more than any other story. All the stories are pretty evocative. Um, it teaches me that, that the truth behind that, you just don't know what people have gone through. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm so sorry he went through that. And of course, there's, there's no judgment for the girlfriend who left because sometimes people don't have the emotional capacity, emotional space to be able to help someone. So, you know, that's, that is, that's a whole other lesson there as well. But um, can I ask what happened to him? No, let's, people have to read the book. People have to read yeah. the book. We will no, find no, out. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll wait I'll, on that one. So. Yeah, let me can I give you a super quick one? Okay, because I, this is a, yeah. it's a really good story. So uh, he does finally learn how to ask for help and to give help and to be vulnerable. And he now works mm -hmm. for the cancer center that took care of him. Uh, he does uh, outreach to the Latino uh, male population, talking about early intervention and getting proper medical help. He does uh, endurance athletics to uh, to raise money wow. for the cancer center. He runs a couple of their biggest programs. He's on the board of uh, AYA, uh, Adolescent and Young Adult Cancer Organization. Um, he's learned how to love and to allow himself to be loved. It's That's a amazing. wonderful, wonderful, and he survived. I mean, most of all, <laughs> he survived, yeah. right? Yeah. So <laughs> this is a really, wow. it, it's, a, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story. Yeah. It really is, uh, it's, you know, just the whole range of emotions, you know, just for, from the, from what happened mm -hmm. with his mom to the, the journey on the other side of that and the, the evolution of the, the metamorphosis of who he became. And that's the thing, you know, I think, I think, and of course, you know, this as well, is everything that's given, everything that happens to us is a blessing or a burden. Now it doesn't, it can often feel like a burden, but when you kind of reframe it to say, well, what can I do with this? What am I, what am I learning about myself right now? I think when you ask that question, it really causes you to slow down and say, well, what really am I learning? Am I learning that I, you know, that I have grace? Am I learning that I experience fear? Am I learning that I'm, I can overcome this? Whatever it might be. But when we take that time to reflect and ask that question, it allows us to become very, uh, it removes the, the persona that we often have uh, for the world and helps us really have a, a clear definition of who we are and for better or for worse. But that's a really good launch pad to say, well, if I like this, I'm so proud of myself. Great. But if there's things I don't like, well, then let me change it. Because uh, change is simply a thought away. Yeah, that's really wonderful thoughts. And, and I would take it a step further and say that um, if you do what you just suggested, it might be the first time you've ever done that on an intentional basis. Mm -hmm. And once you start doing sure. it on an intentional basis, you don't have to do it so much in retrospect. You could do it kind of closer to the moment. And that is... Uh, that's something that I've learned over time. It, it probably started with forgiving myself for making a lot of bad decisions or for not doing the right thing or for not being my best self or, or, or looking at things in the best light always. And, and when I started doing that, what, what you suggested on an intentional basis, then mm -hmm. it kind of seemed like I was able to do it closer to the present time. And so I feel more grounded yeah. and, and more able to like, forgive myself if I'm not doing something perfect or really quickly change something to try to do it better or to try to get more meaning out of it or whatever. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a really wonderful thought and a great process if people can do it. 
Certainly. Well, thank you for sharing that as well. I always like to tell people as well as, you know, if you look at your life right now, if, if there's certain attributes of your life that you really like, like of a character, when you think about it though, that every event we experience has brought us to where we are today. So every event is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. This jigsaw puzzle piece with this life situation connected with this one and this one connected with this one. So yes, for better or worse, some of the choices we made, the things we did, we put ourselves through or things that the world put us through, those events links together. So if you like parts of yourself, not you, but the listeners and, and viewers, if you like yourself, parts of yourself you really like, you couldn't have had that unless you went through each of those things, unless you made some of those poor choices, unless you made some of the great choices, all that links together to create the jigsaw puzzle of our life. And we are the, the embodiment of what that picture is from that jigsaw puzzle. That's a great, I love that analogy because uh, in my book, I talk about my own jigsaw puzzle and how sometimes, you know, you get this 5,000 piece puzzle from the store yeah. and you come home and you spend, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks putting a 5,000 piece puzzle together. And all of a sudden you realize the box was missing a few pieces. What are you going <laughs> to do? Right. Sometimes all right, my puzzle's missing a few pieces. It doesn't make sense, but you know what? I still know what it looks like. And it was 5,000 yeah. pieces and I put a lot of time yeah. into it. So uh, before I'd be like exactly. all pissed off because I'm missing the puzzle pieces. Now I go, ah, whatever, yeah. you know what? Life's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to look at it as well. I love how you've merged together your your endurance sports with with this with with your book. Help us understand how. Well, tell us how how you link that together. I mean, I obviously I know, but how did you link those 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 two things together? Well, you talked just a minute ago about change, right? And 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 who mm -hmm. you are. And I went through a, a crazy change. So at the same time that my sister, around the same time period that my sister got that diagnosis, I was going through some major changes. Uh, I had young kids. I had a, I was in a, a horrible relationship. I needed to get us and my my twins out to safety, and um, I was overweight. I was a smoker. I was not athletic. I mean, I was sedentary, really? the opposite wow. of athletic. Oh yeah, and I was realizing, uh, uh, James, that uh, if I stood in front of the mirror and said, "Who do you want to be?" and "Who are you?" and "What are you all about?" I didn't have any answers. And I said, "Man, mm. I got to start to do some. I got to start to do some work on me." So I put down the cigarettes, I started running, and then a couple of weeks later, I did a 5K, and by the end of that first year, I'd done an Ironman, and I just kept wanting to push myself. Wow. So yeah, since then, in the last 20 years, I've done you know, 18 Ironmans, I've done 100-mile runs, I've done 5,000-mile bike rides, I've done cool, countless 50-mile runs, and just ridiculous amounts of endurance athletics, and with the story, you know, very early on, we, we, we mentioned that we believe that people are connected by emotions and I added that mm -hmm. they're connected by stories. So mm -hmm. what better way to connect these stories than to get on my bike and be kind of the line that connects the thread that connects the stories, you know? And so um, after I had interviewed everybody for a couple of years, I wanted to meet them because I was interviewing them over the phone. I hadn't even uh, met most of the people. And so I said, what better way, if we're going to be connected by story and emotion, let me connect them by, by yeah. biking to them. So that's what I decided to do. Wow. And it was 5,000 miles. Is that what it was? Uh, I was just under, it was 4,700 miles. I did it in 45 days. So you can imagine math wise, I took four days oh, off. That's like 120 miles a day. Basically, if anybody knows about the Tour de France, it's two Tour de France's back to back mm -hmm. with less days of resting, more climbing and longer miles. 
Wow. Well, that's incredibly impressive. <laughs> so you could read the book <laughs> and experience that as well. <laughs> How was it when you met each yeah. of the people though? Cause you, you knew them from an emotion, you knew them, knew them, their stories, mm-hmm. you knew their, their voice, but to meet them. How was that for you? I can't imagine the, the power of the, of the visual aspect of that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I mean, imagine if you had a pen pal when you were a kid or you had some online relationship and you never knew what the other person looked like or you never mm-hmm. met them in person, but you knew everything about them, right? It's so scary when you go to meet them. Now, it's that's only secondarily scary to sending them their story and asking them, was I accurate when I, when I wrote this thing? Yeah. But meeting them was really, it was super rewarding and, and, uh, it's just strange because uh, I was strangers, like I said, with almost everybody in the book before, before I did mm-hmm. it. And then when I met them, I, it's like, we knew so much about each other that it was really emotional and uh, uh, oh really fulfilling and rewarding. It was, it was really something. It was a, uh, it, it was like um, a transformative event for each of them or most of them. And, and for me mm-hmm. as well. And uh, they transformed uh, with our relationship, you know, one time I got, 15 of those. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty overwhelming. That's amazing. Do you have photos of that as well? I have photos of a lot of the people that I met. Um, you know, I didn't, I did a solo ride. So I, even though I had support kind of, I was on my own most of the time, like as I'm meeting people, but yeah, I got some pictures and some videos and, and, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a few Kleenex that are needed. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I just see where the story, I'm getting all emotional about it as well. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Wow. With, with one of the things I really appreciate about this book as well, as I know all the proceeds of the book are going towards the specific charity that each one of the 15 people chose that would, would resonate with them. Is that, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I had this goal and thankfully I'm in a position where um, my family and everybody in my life kind of supported my quest of trying to write Mm -hmm. a meaningful book that would shed light on these things. Uh, There's not a lot of money in books, but I thought, you know what, each person um, either had in the past relied on an organization that they felt very, very strong about, or they were still currently involved with an organization years and years Mm -hmm. later. Now, now some people like uh, uh, yeah. Nurse Jen, she, she's a, a brand new nurse at Children's Hospital LA. She said, oh, can you support them? Or Dr. Myers was a 40-year oncologist at NYU. She said, hey, I'd like, like to support them. But there were some people who had gone through cancer 15 years before and still did uh, you know, wellness events for them and still did advocacy, wow. patient advocacy events. And I was just touched by people's commitment to give back, especially in the cancer community, to give back to their caregivers and the people that supported them along the way. So mm-hmm. we just came up with a with a commitment to say that 100% of the proceeds are going to go back to those organizations. So whatever dollar comes to me goes right out to split up amongst those great organizations. Yeah. And yeah, and that's wonderful. And that's why, you know, I definitely endorse this book, of course. So I definitely want my listeners and viewers to get this book. One more time, it's called Cycle of Lives, 15 People's Stories, 5,000 Miles in a Journey Through the Emotional Chaos of Cancer. So when you purchase that, definitely know that all that money will go towards um, the, the charities that each of those individuals have, have chosen. So what was the biggest takeaway for you through all this? Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me is, look, James, you're, you're lucky. You get to talk to hundreds of people and sometimes you get pretty meaningful and deep with them in a short order of time. And that's very rewarding. Right. And so 
you know, little nuggets of wisdom could be dropped here and there. And maybe if you have time, if your listeners have time, you kind of go beyond that nugget of wisdom and you kind of mm-hmm. make it personal and you get more out of it. What I really got out of this book and what I hope the reader gets out is when somebody drops something that is a mantra or a little nugget of wisdom, there's so much behind it when you understand their story. An example, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'll be quick about Patricia's example. So Patricia is this woman who I met who had gone through cancer five different times over a 35 year period, five different cancers. Okay. Basically she was at her oncologist practice longer than her oncologist, right? She literally would walk in and, and, and at the end of it, she'd say, just cut out whatever. And the doctor's like, there's nothing left to cut out Patricia, right? She, she battled five very serious, oh very different cancers her whole adult life. But her story, James, was not really about that. It was about uh, the fact that right before her first diagnosis, she escaped a four-year terribly abusive uh, relationship where she was sent to the hospital multiple times. It was horrible, mm. horrible, right? Like in a movie, horrible. But that's not yeah. her story. Her, sto- her story is when she was able to escape that and before her first diagnosis, she actually met somebody and uh, learned how to trust again and learned how mm. to let somebody trust her. And she had somebody by her side. And when I asked her at the end of the story, at the end of talking to her, when I had the full enormity of the crazy emotional life this woman had lived, and I asked her, I said, Patricia, what do you do? Like, like, how, how do you go about life and how, what's your like how do you get through it all and she goes david it's really simple and if i didn't know her story james i would have when she said it's really simple i would have rolled my eyes and said okay and not taken anything from it but <laughs> yeah. what she said to me was she said you know what i do every day david my whole adult life every day the second i got out of that abusive relationship every day was about putting my feet on the ground and making my bed and going about my day she said, now, when I had cancer, I would get up, I would put my feet on the ground, I would make my bed. And sometimes I had to fall back right into my bed because I couldn't go any further. But that's how I, mm. that's how I get through life is every day I get out of bed, I put my feet on the ground, I make my bed and I go about my day, however long or short that's going to be. And I thought to myself, man, in relation to everything she's gone through, that mm-hmm. I can understand, that I can take something yeah. from. And so- each one of yes. the stories has kind of that like nugget that just makes me feel mm-hmm. like we can really take take some true meaning and some true connectivity through through these stories, you know, from the stories. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. As we all have life lessons to learn and life lessons to teach. And that's one of the glad, once again, I'm so glad you are my show to talk about this book. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, one more time, Cycle of Lives, 15 People's Stories, 5,000 Miles in a Journey Through the Emotional Chaos of Cancer. Where do they find this book online? Uh, they can find it wherever books are sold. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. There's the book. There's the ebook. There's the Audible. Just came out. Uh, you're the first person to know that because I just found out yesterday that it's cleared all of its <laughs> things. It's on, it's, on, uh, <laughs> it's on Audible now. I have 15 different actors, each one playing one of the people, which is great. Mm. Uh, they can go to my website, cycleoflives.org. You get a list of all the charities that the money's going to and find out more information. So that would be a good start. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. David Richman, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. My listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you all with David's information. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate all of your time. Thank you, James. I appreciate it too. Bye-bye. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. 
please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.